welcome to episode 17 of the Saddlecast this season with myself, Glyn Price, and I'm joined as usual by Ollie Warner. How are you, mate? I'm very, very good, mate. Very chipper. Yeah, it's nice to be positive again, isn't it? And uh, yeah, in terms of uh, it being positive, we thought we'd get a nice third voice on here so we can all have a bit of a, a loving about Shoesby Town tonight. So we're joined by a new guest this uh, this week, um, Tom Griff, who I've known for probably a couple of years now, yeah, not too long actually. Well, we've been to a few away games. Yeah, so. a couple of away games, which is quite nice. So it's someone that, um, yeah, I don't know too much about how you got involved in Shrewsbury. So yeah, it should be should be good to have a positive chat tonight, Tom. We'll, we'll try. We'll try, yeah, we, <laughs> cer- we certainly will. So um, yeah, Ollie, I, I suppose before we get on to everything that's gone on this week, because it has been a busy one, hasn't it? We've got obviously... Askey left, and we did the, the two podcasts last week covering him leaving. Obviously, then Danny Coyne's come in and got two wins. We've had Hurstgate in the press and, and with the with the club, and uh, obviously lots of chat about new managers. So we've got a lot to cover, but I think, Ollie, it's probably worth us just introducing Tom, really, to get an idea of your sort of vintage and, and where you come from. So, yeah, come on, let's start with what was your, what was your first game following the town? Well, see, it took a long time to remember what it actually was. I had to go through <laughs> all my programmes, I had to go through all the ticket stubs and everything. The oldest one I can find is... like. Shrewsbury versus Plymouth in 2002. Wow, okay. But it, it was a good game. It was 3-1. And there was a red card in like 10 minutes in or something ridiculous. Okay. So it was, it, was, it was good fun. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good. And you used, to, you used to sit with your dad in the family stand then? Yeah, well, we were right down on the front that day, I remember, because the sun was so low. We couldn't <laughs> literally couldn't see the other side of the pitch. That's why we moved out to the Waitman stand oh, in the end. And... The old game of days. Yeah, I started in the family stand. Ollie, we've, we've talked about that before, haven't we? So I think a lot of us started in that in that stadium, in that stand, when we went with our, with our parents. And um, come on then, who's, who's best players during that period? <sighs> It was hard. It was hard to choose. It was really tough to choose. But Luke Rogers was there when I started going. He was yep. a striker. He was Fantastic. scoring goals. Uh, Kelvin Langmead, because he literally was everywhere on the pitch. That, yeah. that fascinated me as a kid. <laughs> uh, ben Davis could take a free kick, which yeah. is always quite nice. But I, I, I had to you know, go recent, and it's got to be Jermaine Granson. There's, oh. no, there's no other player going in the last sort of 20 years that's been as good as him. So. Ollie, can you see why I invited him on now? I'm shaking my head. This is going to be a long pod. <laughs> It was going to be long. It's going to be even longer now with you shaking your head, Ollie. But there we go. And, and before we move on to the games and everything that's gone on this week, then come on. I think you're. If I, if I think you only started going in two thousand and two, it's it's um it's quite obvious what your best game will probably be. But yeah, go on. Obviously, it should be Everton. There's no game like that in the last twenty years. But I was thinking this on the way in. One game that has recent is uh, Shrewsbury Scunthorpe. Yeah. In yeah. Uh, in last year, the snow. That whole day. I, I got home, like, I was five miles from home and I had to dump the car. That's, that's how mad that day was. <laughs> oh, that's good. This is what we talk about, Ollie, isn't it? Memories of football and, and those are the things that stay with you the most. But, um, yeah, there we go. It's, it's interesting to have a guest on who's, who's obviously only sort of got that, a little bit less experience of us, Ollie. So, um, yeah, not, not going back quite as far as us. No, yeah, so we, we're a bit older. How old are you, Tom? <laughs> uh, 29, mate. Oh, okay. Knocking on the door at 30. <laughs> There we go. It all changes then. It's all downhill. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Well, it's good. It's good to have you on anyway. And we'll, uh, we've obviously got a lot to cover this week. So, um, yeah, without further ado, Ollie, we'll move on to Sun Up News. Story will be Wown. Could be Jemson the other way. Wown came close. Jemson! Thoroughly deserved. So we're going to start with stand-up news this week. We're going to we're going to sort of finish the podcast off with the game, and uh, probably understandable um, for for a couple of reasons, really. And, and the game was fantastic, and the result was brilliant for us. But there's obviously a lot going on with managers departing, new managers coming in, and and some of the discussions that have been around that. And um, obviously, one of the more important things with of this really was Brian Cardwell's sort of update of the of the new manager search. But I suppose the whole story of this week maybe started on Monday night when. Poor old Brian's wife decided to take to Twitter to uh, right a few wrongs, Ollie, um, and basically sort of set out what a lot of people had heard were rumours about the way Paul Hurst left the football club. Um, she decided to set those out, didn't she, and, and ended by calling him what a lot of fans have been calling him, which is a snake. So I think maybe that might have sort of pushed the button on Brian coming to speak to the press, Ollie. What do you think? There's been a lot of posts, <laughs> a lot of tweets um, this week. <laughs> Um, and yeah, um, I saw that. Um, I can't remember if it was on the, on the late night or in the early morning when I saw that tweet had come out. And yeah, it um, got a lot of people chatting. Um, and then yeah, it was it was surprising. I, Tom, did you see that tweet come out, or have you uh, seen the photos? Bizarre. Yeah, I saw the, I saw the thread as it was happening before it got deleted. It was, <laughs> oh, you I, saw I, it I live? Just, yeah, it was. How was how was it allowed to happen? I mean. <laughs> Yeah, pillow, pillow talk, isn't it? There you go. It's a bit, it's a bit unfortunate, and I think it's, it's, you know, as we go through this, it's, it's made the situation a little bit more difficult for Brian than maybe it needed to be, which is unfortunate because it's obviously a very tricky and stressful time in trying to recruit a new manager. And um, yeah, you know, and it must have been. Of... I think just to put it into, you know, I, I imagine, um, 
yeah, um, I imagine Mrs. Caldwell was very upset about the whole situation. So there's, there is yeah. there is people behind all this, isn't there? So it's 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 good for fans to kind of chat and and and, and kind of like talk about it in the pub. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny, Ollie. In that, yeah, it was funny. Brian, the... Brian and Brian and Wits had had a little bit of pop up social media literally that day in the interview, and then by the evening, his his wife was on social media dropping bombs. So not great timing, but I'm sure these things happen in life. But it is worth going through this interview, Tom. And again, I don't know if you've caught what Brian had to say last week. You've probably seen bits of it in the press, but there are a lot of interesting things there, and particularly about Hearst that sort of were double confirmed, I suppose. So I listened to his interview and sort of it was a good twenty minute interview. This was all just with with Witters rather than the press at this stage, and you know it was all. I thought it was all very fair. You know, he's talking about taking his time to find the right manager. And Tom, one of the things I found most interesting in that point of view is he was given the impression that, you know, they took their time to find Hurst and that worked out perfectly for us. But actually, with Askey, maybe they didn't take quite as long. And now they're looking back and seeing what's happened. They're probably going to, to me, feels like they're going to take a longer time again this they time. They are definitely going to take. They're going to take, well, unless they've already got their man lined up already and it's a case of signing the thing, they are, they've got to take the time because I mean, yeah. there's, there's not a lot of options out there at the moment. They've got no. to. You know, find them. But how long actually was it to take to find Askey? Uh, well, we don't know, do we? I suppose. I mean, it wasn't. It didn't take too long, did it, Ollie? Thinking back, a I, couple I of days. Yeah, was it just um, a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, it was a couple of days. Yeah, and, they, they definitely uh, take more time than that. <laughs> yeah, true enough. And then, I mean, Hurst was weeks, wasn't it? I think it was over two and a half weeks yeah. by the end. So I think we're probably maybe four somewhere in between. We've obviously almost by Monday. We're about a week now. So I think they've got to do it before Saturday, really, haven't they? That's mm, that's yeah. probably got to be the the aim. Yeah, I can't imagine that um, anyone will be in for the for the for the game in the week at Salford, but. And so yeah, and so then there was the, there was another interview then where the press were invited in, and um, you know slightly tougher questions I suppose than they might have been, he might have had to answer earlier in the week. But one of them was about um, uh, about Hurst, and it was it was James Bond who was the bravest man to ask that question first. So fair play to him. And um, yeah, interesting question back. Obviously we'd had this thing with Noreen given given the old uh, given this, the the view of Hurst from behind the scenes, and the initial answer was it's too Hurst, it's too early for Hurst to come back, which was interesting. You know, didn't say never, but I suspect never is only while Brian's here. <laughs> it might be that we need another chairman and uh, and CEO before Paul Hurst is allowed back in the football club. But it, it was interesting. I mean, there was talk about someone saying that um, there was a, a quote that had said that he's burnt his bridges. And actually, that was James Bond who said that. It wasn't actually Brian that said that, so it didn't come out of his mouth. But it does seem, Ollie, you know, your reading of it in the, you know, the, the comments we've had on the whole Hurst situation this week have been very interesting, haven't they? And there's possibly no way that's ever going to happen now. Yeah, it seems unlikely Boris is going to come back if Brian is and Brian is in his seat. Um, and I'd hope Brian does stay. So I think that's for me. Yeah, her hers coming back is obviously a very complex one. Um, it would be, you know, obviously he's been our greatest manager that we've had in the recent years, um, and obviously fantastic manager and all that. But I don't. Know, for me, I always like to look forward. I don't know, Tom. What's your view on Hurst? I I couldn't have him back at this club. Yeah. I, I'm completely I'm completely done with that. I mean, you can't leave you can't leave us like he did. In that way, mm. before a playoff final, the biggest match in our history, you know, clear what message that sends to the players, you know. Yeah, it's it's not helped, does it? To be honest with you, in terms of him trying to endear himself back to the fans, and there's a lot of you know interesting that this has all been brought up, and and I had a lot of chats with people at the ground yesterday, particularly sort of saying, you know, a lot of clubs don't air their laundry in public like this, which is a little bit embarrassing, isn't it? And I can understand maybe because it's quite raw and it is very soon. You know, managers don't normally get sacked that quickly after they've left in a, in, a, in a huff like that. So it is it is a bit embarrassing that we're washing this laundry in public. And the, the funny thing is that I'm a bit like Tom. I can't really feel like I would ever have him back. But standing here now, when we'll get to new manager soon if you looked at that list of managers and thought who's who's best placed in terms of experience and management to get us out of where we are you know it's exactly the same as we were under Mellon you'd probably want to pick Hurst but ironically the best manager we've had here had here in 30 years GT excluded we've managed to balls up our relationship so much that we couldn't even consider it as an option now it's frustrating I guess we don't really know the full facts do we um no. so yeah I think um we haven't had her side of the story either, no, which is we interesting. Haven't. I wonder whether we will hear that. He does seem to want to come back as well. Yeah. That's what you hear, don't you? If we've heard a few things, haven't we, that um yeah, he he does want to come back. But Yeah. But I think well, I guess one of the things, you know, one of the things that of kind of the reign of Askew was that some people weren't very happy about him when he started from right from the start. And I think we would have something similar if we had um Hurst. So maybe a clean slate and a completely fresh start yeah. Um, yeah. is something that we need. It used to do, and, and as you say, there has been this talk. There was an article in the Shropshire Star today that was talking about how um, Paul Hurst's agent says there's been contact with Shrewsbury Town, but I've seen Witters saying a few things on Facebook about well, what's contact. Do you know what I mean? There's there's a, there's a lot of things there that the press could be sort of embellishing a little bit, but it is interesting because if there is contact and and, and stuff going on, I, I don't know. You can't know, but I do worry about the sort of situation Brian might have talked himself into. But actually, I, I think that Brian and Roland are probably exactly on the same page, and it isn't really that situation, but it is been an interesting conversation this week hasn't it 
Yeah, it certainly has. Um, and yeah, so anything else Brian had to say? Uh, yeah, he was, he was cooling up with that whole situation then, and then they moved on to sort of looking at the timing for the new appointment. Um, sort of Lewis Cox pushed him on on why we didn't look at an instant appointment, and we just talked about that. Um, in that, it, it, you know, just it's as much risk as anything else, really. I suppose. Um, he said the quote was, "We will spend what we need to spend." So obviously, that doesn't rule out anyone that's managing another football club at this point in time. Um, and you know, you've obviously got Flynn and Ricketts, who are two people who have been mentioned quite well. It's basically, the only two options we've got, I think, from, <laughs> yeah. from looking what's around. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, and yeah, they, Boyer was written out, wasn't? Yeah, we came to that in a little bit in a minute. Well, but I think the interesting thing about Bowie was, I believe from from reading things on Twitter, that he was ruled out off mic. You know, sort of they sort of said, let's not ask any questions about that. I think was the the sort of vibe I got. So quite why that is, you know, there's a lot of rumours doing the round. I wouldn't really want to talk about, but um, it seems to me that it won't be Bowie. So so that's interesting. Um, and we have spent compensation on the last two managers, haven't we? So it's not something that we're gonna we're gonna be worrying about. Um, he sort of rubbished the bookies' odds, um, but when specifically asked about Ricketts at Wrexham, he didn't rule him out. So um, I, mean, I imagine Wrexham fans were, were quite worried about that. And I see there's a currently a 62-page thread on their message board about Ricketts to Shrewsbury, so they're obviously a little bit worried. Not um, a lot going on in Wrexham at the moment. <laughs> no, exactly. And Brian was still looking through the list and said people were still kind of coming up and agents were sort of calling him. So there's obviously new people coming in all the time. Um, and the last thing really I thought was was two interesting things that he said. He thought the job was more attractive now, um, obviously because the sort of poison chalice has been gone now and it's like an easier job for a manager coming in, I think, maybe. Um, and the last thing was they asked him about expectations and he said we should be looking at just above mid-table and even pushing towards the playoffs, which I agree with, Tom. I don't know about you. I'd be looking at playoffs. We're, we're, we're seven points off playoffs now yeah, after yesterday. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not out of our reach, is it? No. So that was where we were in terms of going forward with new managers, Ollie. Um and it's it's been interesting, hasn't it? But you know, it's a lot of this is rumours and hearsay, and 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 you know the facts that are what Brian and, and and everybody have set out this week are interesting enough. But we're still no closer to finding out who the new manager is going to be, really, are we? No, I think just one comment about um, about odds, um, and, and I've heard this, and you said it before, Glenn. But I think it's yeah. interesting that Brian. Um, I think it was William Hill, wasn't it? He had a friend at William Hill and how the odds work. So, you know, if you see a football manager kind of jump up, that might just be because a couple of people put a fiver on. Um, mm. And the bookies yeah, no, at this true. level don't really have much insight into what's going on in terms of League One recruitment. And I guess the only person that is going to have any insight really is going to be um, Lewis Cox um, and, um, and obviously BBC Shropshire from a third party point of view. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and it's just, it's a small market, isn't it? As you say, a little bit of money makes a big move. And in in I think it was yesterday, Dave Challoner and I think it was John McMahon suddenly appeared on the odds. And yeah. I can't imagine, you know, where that suddenly come from. I don't know who's got a sniff that they're involved, but um, yeah, it's a no to those two. Thank you. It's, if anyone's listening. They're too far away, aren't they? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, exactly. Let's keep it somewhere in the leagues. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So that was fine, but it wasn't the only interesting interviews we had this week, was it, Ollie? In terms of the sort of Shrewsbury Town news. No, there's some good interviews um, from um, so pre-match um, for the game on Saturday for Rochdale. So da- first, um, I've watched the and Danny Coyne interview, which was excellent. I have to say, um, he talks really well. He is really funny. Yep. Um, he, they were said, you know, they and one of the questions was about his record, and he said, well, it was a hundred percent, just the wrong way, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> but he's very articulate, funny guy. Um, so that was yeah, that was good to hear. So what did he say? He said, you know, he said he was a bit more prepared in his head this time because he got a sense that something was going to happen. Um, obviously the checker trade win was huge um, and we'll just brush on the checker trade just game just here so we made 11 changes he said he only changed one player and formation from what they trained the day before so he only made one change from what Askey had decided um, we, he said he only saw the players for the game in the hotel um, he said, said they took on what on board, on board what he shared and it was a great result everyone worked so hard and the Shaps showing that so he was looking at the running stats and showing that obviously they'd put in a good performance for him um, and he said the, clear, the, the main message to the players was to focus on playing wide and to press them um, and he was pleased with how they performed Good. I mean, yeah. I mean, they they got through that game, didn't they? Where it crew, they had to win it to go through, and I think they've drawn Scunthorpe at home in the next round. Um, so, yeah, it's you know, Scunthorpe. Yeah, we clearly meant Warsaw here. Another trip for you boys to Wembley. Yeah, Enjoy that. Glamour <laughs> Enjoy your trip to Wembley down the line. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose in terms of you know my my, uh, my despair for that cup. Actually, you know, for Danny Coyne. Despite what happened on Saturday, I was just pleased for him to get a result, really, after what happened last time. And, um, yeah, it was, it was good for him in that circumstance, wasn't it? And I think maybe just that little bit of boost of confidence probably played a little bit into Saturday as well, didn't it, Ollie? Yeah, definitely. So, um, it was interesting. He was talking quite a bit about training. There's quite a big focus around training um, in these two, both these two interviews. So, the Saturday one will come on to. So, he talks about Eric and Phil helping in training. So, Eric is the um, academy coach who's got full, you know, his full kind of list of badges and all the way up to his pro license. Yep. Um, he said that um, he said he 
he said he didn't have this last time. So this is, I was quite interested that he didn't have this kind of support last time. He said, okay. Eric's the right man to set up. He has the right qualifications. He's a great coach. He's very well organized. He said all the lads are positive. And then Phil Smart, who's a goalkeeping coach, been helping as well. So he was helping with the goalkeepers, Leo and Danny, to kind of help prepare for training and prepare for the meetings and everything. Um, so we said with the players, he had a chat about training and the standard and he told them what he needed and what he expected of them. And he said that, you know, we've got a big squad and not all of them can play. He mentioned the big squad quite a few times. So that's mm. quite interesting. Yeah, I think that from what I'm making out, it's sort of the club are selling themselves on having a big squad this time to any so Big squad. enough midfield anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. We've got Bryn Morris to come back as well. We've talked about it and stuff like that. So, you know, having, having a big squad's probably been one of the better things that Askey did in terms of building a squad this season, Tom. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> some of his transfers have been really good, to be fair. They've, mm. they've paid off and throughout the season, like, you know, Anthony Grant. I mean, Yeah, it's a shame. He just couldn't get him to play <laughs> decent football until he left. So, there we go. But yeah, I mean, it's a positive for me, Ollie, that. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. So, a few other things. So, um, it's interesting he was talking to them about, um, about the details. So and he's focusing on you know this is you know what they expect of us, which I don't know whether that was I'm reading too much into that, but maybe there wasn't enough kind of detail sharing and stuff with the players above the, in front of the game. So that's quite interesting. And then a boost is that Sean Wally's back in training. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, just finally, Sadler just whipped this up. We'll finish Salop News up. Um, so Sadler said, you know, it's great that we went on Tuesday and Danny's a top, top bloke. He said training was the first time with Eric was intense, really hard and enjoyable. And we worked so hard he had to kind of have a shower straight afterwards. Um, yeah, I think that's the one that fans picked up on Ollie in terms of yeah. saying if he's it's the first time he's had to have a shower this season in training, what the hell were they doing under Askey? Yeah, which which raises some questions. Um, it certainly does. Yeah. It backs up, actually, rather than raising some questions, it backs up a lot of rumours that, yeah. that were going around, to be honest with you. There was a lot of rumours earlier in the season which we might as well talk about now as he's gone but there were rumours that Sadler and Wally particularly had expressed they were not very happy about training and, and had somewhat made someone had been saying that they'd actually made the players go out and do another session after Askey had finished, which is interesting, and I think maybe there is something in that. Again, we can't prove it, but you know that that sort of sort of comment and the way sort of Sadler said it led me to believe that might have been the case. It definitely showed on the pitch though as well. I yeah. mean, you got the end of end like seventy minutes into a game, and they were walking around. They were tired. Mm, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've mentioned it a lot. We? Yeah, we mentioned yeah. It a lot, fitness so. was definitely an issue, and preparation and tactics and stuff doesn't seem to be a lot of focus. So that was really good. Um, and so then um, Sadler saying how he wants, you know, they want a performance for Danny and Eric for their hard work um, he says you know we want to raise standards again that's an yep. interesting line um, and then they were asking Sadler about um, about himself um, and he's saying that he's doing his coaching badge and he's focused on playing but interesting which I think quite an interesting point he says that the days of playing managers are gone you know it's it's a big job as a football manager now um, Danny was saying about how he was thinking about training and meetings and you know he says he wakes up and his mind's racing um, and yeah so I think it's interesting that Sadler kind of ruled out player managers and obviously it's a long time since Shrewsbury Town um, had GT as a player manager yeah, in the 70s yeah. Well, there are hardly any in football now, are there? Never. Though, I, mean, I can't, can't think really of any. any. None in the professional. When was the last? I can't even think of the last. Oh, no, it's a good question to say. Who, yeah, we have yeah, to look. Tweet out. So people want to tweet us. Who was the last? Who's the last player manager in English football? In English professional football. Um, I can't think of one. No, nor me. I don't know everything. So there we go. Let's prove that once again. Um, <laughs> but it's, it is interesting here with all these chats and obviously the, the sort of insight into how things have changed and, and that's fine. I think in terms of, of Salop News, obviously it's been that busy week and there's been so much going on. I thought it was just worth me asking you guys really because you know we're three town fans who've been going regularly for years now and we've seen everything evolve this season. You know, let's you know nail your flag to the mast now. Having had another week and knowing what we know, of all the managers that are out there and you're hearing about, who are you? pinning your hopes on narrowly I'm torn um, between Mike Flynn because I think I like his record and what he did at Newport it says obviously he's a man motivator but at the same time um, I've heard some good things about Sam Ricketts so Chris Hudson on Twitter has been saying you know what a great mm. kind of guy he is and his background and you know his kind of experience and managing play, sorry, being a coach at a high level so they're the two that seem to be forefront in my mind at the moment what about you Tom? I'm not having a Wrexham manager at <laughs> Just, just that we can rule that one out straight away. I, I'm, Sam Ricketts is not coming here. I'm not. I'm not having a Wrexham manager. I do like Mick, uh, Mick Flynn. Uh, Mike Flynn. Yeah. Uh, he's not. He's not experienced enough for me. But he seems to be doing well. Mm. He seems to have got them into a nice place in League Two now. So I, if we're doing the same thing of getting a League Two manager and bringing him up, he's got to be the obvious choice. Mm. It, it is interesting. Those, those are the two that maybe are out there, and you might think of front runners. I think I probably fall more Tom's side than yours, Ollie. I, I think I prefer Mick Flynn over Ricketts at this stage, and you know, for for various reasons, really. Mick, you know, Mick. Yeah, he's my favourite as well. Yeah, he's been doing it a couple of years, and and Ricketts and is in his... le- and in the football league as well. Yeah, yeah and Ricketts yeah. was managing his twentieth game on Saturday. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's it. That's new. That's 
you know, it's not that many more than Danny Coyne's managed now. You, you, might, with you might as well have Sadler in if that's going to be the... <laughs> exactly. And I think that, that, you know, one of the rumours I heard on Saturday was that one of the reasons why he's come up so sort of um, well-respected is that the, the, the Dave Edwards has obviously played with him for Wolves and Wales and is still obviously quite well respected by I think believe the, believe the chairman you know still contacts Dave quite a lot and someone was telling me oh Dave was in this week and he'd gone to speak to the chairman about it so whether that link is actually playing more of a part in the decision making process than, than we know uh, I don't know but I, I think that's obviously part of it as to why he suddenly had his name involved but it seems like Bowie has ruled out which is a shame for me you know, those two are good options for me. I really hope the football club are still trying their hardest to find someone with some League One experience. That's what I'm going to be looking for in our new manager. And if we don't get it, you know, fair enough. But um, that, that's personally what I'd be hoping for. So, yeah, it's interesting. Everybody's got a different view, haven't they? Um, and we'll have to see what evolves this week. Yeah, I think the one thing just to say, though, is whoever is the manager, and we'll definitely give him his full support, and I'm sure the fans will back yeah. him as well. I don't think they'll be chanting, you don't know what you're doing after four games, like under Askey, regardless of what happens. I think we've all learned our lesson there, haven't we? But yeah, like any manager, though, Ollie, they'll live and die by what the results are at this football club. And, um, you know, hopefully they don't they don't get into trouble down the line. So we'll have to see what happens. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be looking more positive towards the next manager. And what we're about to talk about now, Ollie, um, definitely plays into that. So we'll round off Salop News there and we'll talk about Shrewsbury versus Rochdale. Despite Holt's girl, it's been Shrewsbury who've had the better of this first period. And there's an opportunity that's headed in by Gavin Coward. They're back in front. So, um, fantastic result on Saturday. Shrewsbury Town 3, um, Rochdale 2. Three. Result means back-to-back wins in the league. Um, and obviously two wins for Danny Coyne, which is a 100% record for him. So, fair play to him. And a great turnaround from the players and the staff. And, yeah, everyone was... We'll come on to, obviously, how the fans' reaction. But I think it's worth saying yeah. everyone was pretty chuffed. And we're all still buzzing now. Definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, I left the, uh, left the stadium with a massive smile on face, Tom. Yeah, the reaction afterwards was, you know... Said everything in the end, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did. It did. So, um, so where that puts us, that puts us to 16th in the league table, which again kind of points back to manager. You know, it's an attractive option, um, treating the club in terms of investment and training ground. And Danny Coyne is actually quite keen to kind of point that out. You know, we've got a great training ground and set up here now. Um, so whoever comes in will come in, and if they came in tomorrow, uh, we'd be we are seven points off the playoffs, four from relegation <laughs> zone, but only seven points off the playoffs. You know, that's only a couple of wins away, and we'd be right in there. Well, especially with the next couple of games against teams that are not doing too well either you know you've got a got a fancy us to push on a little bit here haven't we and obviously we've got the cup run to salvage as well so you know there's lots left in this season you know i i said ollie at the end of the game on saturday if we won the next two this season would be massively back on track and um yeah i'd love, I'd love us to win the next two and really see where we could go from there but um yeah interesting nonetheless with, with where we were in the table i think it's the highest we've been so far this season so you know we, we can't be we can't have been doing much worse but um nice to go up the table a little bit and yeah, the team selection really, Ollie. It was it was a bit of um, it wasn't really a, a revolutionary change, was it? Considering we played exactly the same team in the same formation, but which it, was it a was surprise in itself, though. I guess. Yeah, I was surprised, but I think we we are still hamstrung by the lack of width, and we're probably going to talk about width a lot here. Um, but you know, I'll just run through the team and then ask Tom what he thought. But Arnold, Emmanuel, Sadler, Waterfall, Beckles. Um, the four is a diamond in midfield: Grant, Doherty, Norburn, Laurent, and then Fay and Holloway up front. And, and and as much as we say it was a bit of a surprise because you might have thought Danny Coyne would shake it up. You know, what did you think, Tom? Did you think maybe actually, you know, they've been training with this for a few weeks, so we probably would have been daft. To, to rev- it's, it's yeah. Do you throw everything up in the air and just catch it on the way down and you know, see what you end up with, mm. or do you just go with what you've got? I was a bit disappointed when I saw it myself. Oh really? Okay. I, but I mean, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, well, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, it's good to be wrong with some situations like this, isn't it? Especially but, after the checker trade as well. Yeah. You know, the, so there were some good performances on Tuesday night, so I'm surprised somebody didn't force their way in. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, who really missed out there, I suppose, was... Um, yeah, I don't know. Who, who's really missing out from that team? You've managed to get all the central midfielders in there. The defence really picks itself. I suppose you could have played the shop instead of Holloway, but that's a bit of a n- nonsense. And then Angle's been bummed out the the team, hasn't he, at where, the moment? Where is he? Maybe he's <laughs> the one... That, Got a shout. I think you've put hit the nail on the head getting those four midfielders on the pitch. I think the back yeah. four um, and makes it kind of like um, points itself. Arnold coming in, um, um, Coin Danny Coin pointed that he's he's improved dramatically since he's come in, um, and also said he, they're taking his weight down. So he said it, you know, to kind of described him as a heavyweight boxer at the moment, and they're trying to bring his weight down. Um, so in terms of being a bit more agile, so yeah, massive in preseason. I remember saying that on the podcast. He does look a lot fitter now. To be yeah, fair. so no, it's a, that was interesting, but. I guess um, I guess it was a, f- a formation that kind of allowed the best mid- our four midfielders in form to kind of play, and and obviously it worked. 
it, it's interesting formation. I, we talked about it a little bit, but it is such an interesting formation in that you get those four good players on there and they work really well, but it still always looks like you're crying out for width. And unless Beckles and Emmanuel get forward well, you, you sometimes we look really like the reason why we were knocking on the door a lot and not finding those breakthroughs until the second half was some, sometimes you needed an out ball a bit wide to kind of bring the defenders out. Um, and it was easy to just build a wall in front of us at times. But the game was, was crazy, to be honest with you, with what happened during it. So it's probably worth running through it there. But I still feel like potentially down the line it's a tactic that will probably get unpicked um, but it's doing a job for now Ollie. yeah it's interesting on formations um, that Rochdale played the same formation yep, um, yep. which obviously then meant that we weren't going to be kind of hindered in wide areas um, I think if a team had decided to play you know two um, two wide men on both flanks so four wide men in total um, and really kind of pin us back then then, then it would have been a lot of hard work for our central midfielders mm. nor mm. Bernard Doherty to cover um, but I think um, it worked well um, especially as obviously Rochdale I don't know whether that's how they play normally um, he's a man he's a, a tinker man himself he loves to change formation um, and on formations I was very surprised to see Andrews playing left back at the end of the game which is a bit odd yeah Bit weird, bit weird. I also like the fact their manager had a nice white woolly hat on, which was ace. We spent the first 20 minutes trying to work out what it was. <laughs> we couldn't work it out from where we were sat. Talking of woolly hats, Glenn, thank you very much for the finally getting me the um, the hat for winning the there prediction league last year. And it came it in is. handy because it got quite chilly, didn't it? It did, got, it got quite cold. Really. I had my experience, a, a club shop on a Saturday experience, which to be honest with you, I don't normally do because living in shoes, if I want to go to the club shop, I go up in the week when it's quiet. But um, yeah, it was really, really busy. There was a queue to get in and then when I got in there, maybe queued 20 minutes to get that hat. Um, and, you know, I, I, we're we were all about positive at the moment. Let's give the club shop staff some positives because they were working damn hard. Um, obviously, Cy and Sib, and there's another lad in there. I'm not too sure of his name, but those guys really are the heart of the club, Tom, to be honest with you. It's people like yeah. that that are working their asses off and trying to get us that merch sold and make us that money. And I, I have to say, I thought it was it was good to see him working that hard. Every little helps, isn't it, in the end? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, if it you know, helps out and you funds somewhere, it's, it's got to be good for the club. It's so. paying for something down the line, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah, fair play to those guys. And, and uh, yeah, I just thought it was worth reflecting on really a, a positive experience. So, cool. there you go. That was a positive experience before the game. But I did worry about the start a bit, Ollie. Yeah, we didn't start that well, did we? Um, I brought um, a friend of mine who's a Wolves fan to the game. We had a spare season ticket, so we brought him along. It's always interesting to get someone else's perspective. So I'll probably put them linked to Steve a couple of times. Um, but he said that, you know, it probably took us 20 five minutes to get going and I'd agree with that would you guys agree yeah it was it was it was scrapping stuff with wasn't it nobody could put the foot on the ball and build anything up so it was yeah I thought it was quite a dull dull game to be honest with you at the start it was uh, it was not uh, entertaining in the slightest it was really tw- 20 minutes of very little happening you know they had a snapshot I think we had one snapshot it, it wasn't really anything going on in the game it was two midfielders of four central midfielders just running into each other a lot yeah. basically and, and it just kind of nullified any kind of excitement in the game and at the, if you'd have told me sort of 15 minutes into the game this was going to be 3-2 and I was going to be leaving hugely entertained I would not have believed you no it, it, it's the kind of, it took, <laughs> took a while for the game to come into life so a couple of the highlights um before the first goal um, attempt from um, from um, Holloway after a cross from Laurent um, yep. a long range effort from Williams um, for Rochdale um, and then a shot from Faye in the box um, and then there's another long range effort from Holloway outside the box um, and I couldn't when I was watching the extended highlights back I kind of forgot about all these chances um, actually um, and we did actually create a few more than I kind of remembered um, but the game changed when when we got a penalty so how did that yep. start so Doherty found Emmanuel Manuel to Faye Faye does this great turn on their left back or thought it was a bit dodgy or gay and yeah, and Faye went down. So I guess the first question, like Tom, did you think it was a pen? Yeah, absolutely. I think the whole thing was made up by that turn as well. That turn was so good. I mean, yeah, the defender was in trouble as soon as it happened. Like he had no real option then, did he? No, he didn't. And and one of the things I'd say very positive about Faye in the whole game was he's got the quickest feet of all the players in our squad. I think in terms of his reactions to be able to just get the ball at his feet, turn and go. I, I don't think anyone else has quite got that at the moment. Obviously, Wally has, but we, he's not playing at the moment. Um, and it was one purely through through that bit of skill that he possesses that we've been crying out for a lot this season, to be honest. With you. Especially when we're playing Angle and Holloway or Angle and the shot when they're, they're a bit more rudimentary and bully boy, you know, big strikers. Um, they've obviously got skills and stuff. I think Faye just gives us that little extra option. And yeah, he, he completely... Sucked, sucked the defender in. He, he fell, fell for the trick, and um, yeah, penalty all day long for me, Ollie. Yep, no, it's clear pen, um, great turn, um, and it's interesting. I was watching the. Um, I gave Bex the joy of putting the um, the extended highlights on the big TV and get rewinding and going back, which was joy for her. Um, but interestingly, Bex <laughs> spotted something that I didn't notice in the game. I don't know if you did. Um, that um, um, Doherty went over to Faye, got the ball, and then Norburn came over to get the ball off him. And there was a, they were yeah. discussing it for quite a few strides until he gave the ball, uh, ball to, to Norburn. Um, and then Danny Coyne said something really interesting. He said that um, 
um, that um, that Ollie Norborn told um, Greg Doherty that um, that Danny Coyle had told him he was taking the pen. And he hadn't, oh and he hadn't. So Danny Coyle was oh, laughing no. his head off in the post-match, which I thought was really? hilarious. Um, but yeah, not only were they fighting over the ball, Ollie Nurburn wanted it so desperately, he told a little white lie. Yeah, I, I did spot it during the game, because I tweeted about it just before, oh, okay. just before the penalty, or just after the penalty. I'd, I'd seen it as it happened, and I, I remember saying to m- my brother and Jerry next to me, you know, they're, they're fighting over this, and the last time that happened was with a certain Ian Black, and we went on to miss a penalty, didn't we? And I was saying, oh no, not again, not again, but... Um, let's give Ollie Norburn credit. He, he told a little white lie. He stuck his balls on the line and he dispatched that penalty really well. Yeah, it's a great penalty. Great penalty yep. down yep. to the, uh, to the low penalty into the back of the net. And yeah, great, great kind of great um, kicking on. So that was 32 minutes in and the game kind of, yeah, came to came to life obviously at that point. So yeah, so then um, the game kind of ebbs and flows a bit. The game kind of opens up um, and then Lauren unfortunately loses the ball just over the halfway line. Yep. Um, and then obviously everyone, everyone who knows De- um, Rochdale know that they're a pass, good pass inside and a really swift pass inside um, team movement and with a couple of dummies um, got Inman um, on the edge of the box right on the line when he shot and then he fired the ball into the back of the net and yeah, yeah it was one all at that point and yeah, um, obviously we obviously didn't want to be, we didn't want to be drawing, but Rochester had created a few, couple of chances as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, I thought it was pretty fair on the balance of the half. To be honest with you, we'd not been brilliant, and we'd, we'd done all right for our goal and a few other bits and pieces. But they they looked good on the break. I thought when they were attacking us, I was quite worried about us at times, and there was a few where we sort of sort of got, kind of cleared it quite late on. But the goal was a complete sucker punch, wasn't it? Not a sucker punch, Tom, but it was more like it was just right on half time, and you just felt like that couldn't massively change the game. Completely the wrong time to score. Yeah, and um, they just carved us open through the middle as well. I yeah. mean, there was there was nobody in the middle there, and it, you know, and it, also worth noting. Inman went up to the uh, safe stand and started cupping his ear and cheating yes, them. I did see that. I don't. I don't Which, know why that was though. <laughs> give them no, there was no stick being given out. It was. No. It was because the safe stand was quite a positive stand though. I mean, yeah. there was no stick given out. So I don't know that was. I was, I was thinking about back, back to Rochdale last year when we played um, in the in the three two game that we lost in the end where Toto got injured and it was the game that kind of derailed our automatic promotion. And and then whisked to my mind, I have a suspicion that he scored the winning goal or was involved and they ran over right in front of the town fans and celebrated right in front of us and got loads of abuse and I do wonder thinking about whether it might have been something to do that but I could be completely wrong but I do remember there was quite a lot of tension with the Rochdale players that night yeah they, I remember remember that one that was a very yeah. that was a, that's a game that sticks well in my memory unfortunately yeah. but um, yeah they did celebrate in front of us actually it was quite uncalled yeah. for I'd say yeah, it was a bit, especially as we'd had that Nolan penalty turned down hadn't we yeah. and their third goal they broke away because I think um was it Henderson had gone up for the corner, and he and yeah. they hit us on the break. But there we go. All fun times last season. That was about one of the only negatives that we can really yeah. talk about. But yeah, there we go. It was off time. So you know, when when that goal went in and with the whistle went afterwards, Tom, what did you kind of think? Where do you think the game was headed? Uh, it was fair enough though, wasn't it? One was fair enough at mm. time. It just it called out for another midfielder for me. Yeah. If you could win that battle in midfield at that point, you were going to go on and win the game. And I was saying, bring Holloway off, stick a midfielder in, and go for a bit more width, and go from there. But, mm. Yeah, it was tricky, tricky call, isn't it, to, to make on, on that situation. And I did wonder what Danny Coyne would do because, you know, the, the game was so tight, you know, he hadn't really got a, too much of a reason to change it, I suppose, Ollie. Yeah. Um, so it was an interesting call for him. He decided to come back out in the second half with no change, didn't he? No change of formation or tactics, but definitely a change of intensity. Um, yeah. And I thought we came out, um, came out, um, yeah. And it was basically the second half was a completely different affair. It was quite box was. to box. It was a bit basketball like. Uh, well, I, I actually think the whole game was a bit like that. I thought that both teams broke on each other a lot, and the best moves they had, from, even in the first half, even when it was dull, you know, it was it was kind of open the whole game all the way through. I thought, but in the second half, it was stupidly open. I don't. I, I, it had the, all the marks of a game that Danny Coyne thought, well, let's go for this and let's win it. You know, let's not leave anything out there. And also Rochdale were of the view that we're away at a poor poor team, if you will, down the bottom this is a bit of a free hit for us let's go for it as well and they actually proved to make that second half hugely entertaining yeah it was a good it was a good um, entertaining game but unfortunately more for the Rochdale fans because um, yeah after 58 minutes they were 2-1 up mm, yes <laughs> pressure from Dale a lot of balls around the box flying around kind of crossing and passing um, and then Williams hit his shot, hits a manual, rebounds back for Williams again, um, and he put the ball in the back of the net, and it was two one down. And yeah, I don't know what you guys thought at that, that point, but I was a little bit concerned. I was like, oh no, very, very sloppy for the goal. I thought, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, uh, it was sort of a couple of chances to get rid of it, wasn't it? And we couldn't quite clear the ball. Um, and I, I put straight away, I thought that we were going to probably not be able to score two goals to get out of it because it did feel a little bit like you know we were missing that width and the tactic didn't feel like it had goals in it and I was proved to be completely wrong and I'm completely fine with that but yeah I, I thought it, despite how we've been playing and trying to play I thought it might have been a bit terminal to be honest with you Tom 
It, well, yeah, we haven't scored enough goals this season to give us confidence exactly. in, you know, yeah. getting another two out of it. But, you know, a bit of confidence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you got to try and not, not, you know, I wasn't panicking too much. I just, I was a bit worried, Ollie. And, um, yeah, the, for the first time, really, uh, we should talk about the crowd and we'll talk about the reaction at the end as well. But I felt like they didn't, they, they stayed with them. Do you know what I mean? The chanting was got all throughout the game, even when we went 2-1 down. They stayed with them. They stayed with Danny Coyne. And I actually think that played a big part in the in part of the recovery, to be honest with you. Yeah, we definitely we the crowd didn't stop and the players didn't stop either. I don't think it seemed to have it didn't really have much of an impact on their performance. I don't thought maybe even just well actually not not what I'm saying is it didn't have a negative impact. You know, no. only a couple, a couple of heads dropped maybe, but um, yeah, I think it was quite key to see that some of our key um, senior pros were quite vocal um, on Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it didn't take too long um, for us to to get a goal back. No, in terms of the fans, we should just say there was one particular man in the West Stand who didn't stop singing, and it ended it very badly for him because. Uh, there's a there's a town fan in there um, who everyone's probably aware of who sits in sort of blocks 19 to, to 15 and likes to run down and g the fans up. But he was he was he'd, he'd been asked to sit down by the stewards several times and he just wouldn't do it. And and as much as he, he sort of you know gets a lot of good reaction out of 17, a little bit of 18. Once he starts getting down to 17, 16, and 15, he gets he gets basically quite abusive with fans down there. And I don't think people further up see what he's like. And so people had obviously maybe said something to the stewards or the stewards had noticed that it's causing an issue. And he was asked to sit down. He sat down. Down, came back up again stewards tried to intervene and then eventually he got chucked out and it caused all sorts of fun in that stand Ollie there was people standing up mock pretending to be him in an ironic way then there was two other fans came down and one of the stewards was cupping his ears to the fans which I didn't think was the most professional thing a steward could ever do so there was all sorts going on in the West Stand wasn't there on Saturday despite what was going on on the pitch yeah it's not ideal is it um... <laughs> no rightly thrown out though in my view I'm happy to say that I thought he was given fair warning he does it quite a lot. Um, he does. I guess from a, a fan's point of view, it's a bit of banter, it's a bit of fun. But from a steward's point of view, if you get everyone doing that, um, and he's probably more likely to hurt himself. Mm. Um, and and, he, and as you're right, Glenn, I think, don't think they got, I'm not sure if the guys back in 19 see that he gets quite abusive. And, he does, You, know, you yeah. have heard reports of him being yeah, quite quite rude and quite a bit nasty to people. So he seems like a it's nice the ale, guy. Isn't it? Yeah, the ale it's talking, the ale. everyone... <laughs> Well, we, we have had him down in 13 before and yeah he doesn't get good reception down there <laughs> he, 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 just get, he does get told where to go after he gets down off yeah, it's interesting pitch. isn't it how there's a very different set of fans as you move along the stand in West Ham you sit in block 13 do you I did yeah. wonder where you sit ok there you go that's your, your view of it as well but yeah there we go so he was up trying to get the crowd going and we didn't actually need him because yeah we got back in the game on him yeah we did so it was a good strike for Norburn from outside the yeah. box um, and then Laurent was involved again um, so he gets the ball on the right hand side of the box and does a low diagonal um, ball behind the defender and phase there and then he taps it home um, and obviously sent the town fans going mad and for him it was his first um, league goal um, so a, kind of a, a key goal for him and a key goal for town um, and there was a few, there was a lot of um, commotion after the after the goal a lot of complaining from Rochdale um, players and I, I assume that they were saying he was offside I assume so as well. We were talking about it for a while. They were livid, weren't they? From you know, it's near. That's actually more down your end, so, Tom. So I had moved up to the TV gantry by then, oh, so okay. we'd moved on a bit. But from from where we were, it wasn't offside. Okay. I, I can't see how how he could have been offside from there, but. They obviously, they were agreed with something. Yeah, I've watched it back a few times. Um, when when he receives the ball, he's behind. He's he is in an offside position in the exclamation marks. Yeah. But when the ball was played, he wasn't, um, and it was a really good run from him and a good move. Um, and it was yeah, it was a nice goal. There's no way it was offside. No, it was good, quick, quick movement, and that's what I was saying about his quick feet and quick movement. He's got that little bit of pace, hasn't he? He had that ability as well to get on the end of a ball that was coming in, which we have been so lacking this season as well. That's very true, actually, because we did know about Holloway, despite him playing all right on Saturday, better than I've seen him for a few weeks, he's just not got the ability to be there in the right place at the right time. And Faye seems to have that ability. I think Angle probably has that ability a little bit more. I think the Shop and the Holloway are a different type of play. You're not, you're not going to find them running onto the edge of crosses like that too often, I don't think. But um... And it was a ball that, obviously, um, Laurent felt like he could play and Faye was likely to get on the end of it, which is obviously yeah. encouraging for those two and um, that, that Lauren is, yeah, has the confidence it's going to happen and for Faye to, to, to make that professional move and there was a massive Salopian roar when that goal went in and no one no one didn't believe we weren't going to push on now and get that third goal everyone was massively willing it and, and as I say that was that atmosphere that was carrying us through and it, it really kept the players and, and the fans energised I think and it, it was just a cracking cracking response to that goal from the fans for Tom oh it was brilliant the atmosphere was back to how it should be yes you know it, compare it to the Salford game on last Sunday which was 
at that point in the game, like seventy-five minutes in, and whatever it was, oh gosh, just, yeah. just silence. I mean, yeah, the drummer, we, we, the drummer stopped. Him. Yeah, the drummer stopped at that point where we were in the south stand on Saturday as well. And, and I don't know what you put that down to, Ollie. You know, it's obviously a manager's moved on, and um, you know that there's that element of it. And Danny Coyne's in charge. You just put it down to the fact that everyone was so desperate for Danny, and, and they'd been enthused by some of the football we'd seen. I think there was no reason to 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 be negative, was there? That that kind of gone, a, a line had been drawn, um, and town fans kind of defaulted back to normal in terms of their their standard position, which was to support the team, be vocal, um, and yeah, everyone seemed to kind of yeah, everyone seemed to kind of get into that, um, and the players were working hard, and they were pressing, and obviously it's, it goes two ways, isn't it? You know, if if the fans are positive and the players are positive, then the fans chill up even more. The players do, and it can kind of get that seesaw sort of effect going on. Exactly, that was a lot of times that happened last season, didn't it? And we've seen it happen. But um, you have to have that team showing the passion and the ability—not the ability, the passion and the drive—to to get behind them sometimes. And you know, we didn't. That that was part of the problem in Raski. We weren't really enthused by it, and it was the negative cycle, Ollie, rather than the positive cycle you've just talked about. So I'm hoping whoever comes in now gets us on a positive cycle, and that will play pay dividends for us because it always does. But um, yeah. Yeah, there we go. And if that noise was louder when the second goal went in, when the winner get, went went in, I, I went mental, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Probably the best goal I've enjoyed this season, I would say. It didn't take long, did it? So seven minutes later, um, town pressure on the Dale box. Um, again, the kind of the, the, the kind of three creative midfielders, um, Doherty, Norburn and Laurent all combined. So Doherty got the ball to Norburn. Norburn did a 2-1 with Laurent. Um, and then Nor- Lor- um, Norburn did a shot, which was, which was deflected into the back of the net, but no one cared. Yeah. And everyone went absolutely <laughs> mental. Um, and I noticed at the time Doherty actually ran to Danny Coyne. Yeah, brilliant. Which we were talking about not happening recently. And yeah, it was just a fantastic moment, Tom. Yeah. It's great that somebody actually took a shot as well. Because, you know, when you <laughs> take, take a shot and these deflections do go in every now and again. You know, yeah. fire a shot through a box and, you know, somebody's going to touch it somewhere. So And Norburn's been getting frustrated recently with his long shots. He's he's clearly got the talent to do it. And it was nice to see one go in. And I think maybe we'll see a bit more from him as well, Tom. I hope so. He looks a really good player. Yeah, yeah he's he coming. Really good he looks really composed in he? And obviously, he's got confidence to steal the ball off Doherty, which is funny. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really nice goal and, and it's the kind of goal that probably maybe have not gone in under Askey. You probably would have trickled <laughs> wide or something. Um, but yeah, it's back of the net and, and after that, um, not a lot happened. Oh, something big happened, Ollie. Who do we bring on? Oh, well, obviously that happened. Yeah, we brought on the corner forward. <laughs> the corner forward came on and he was a superb corner forward yeah, again. he did. did everything you would have wanted. He did. I mean, many in terms of goal shots and opportunities, but yeah, the, the <laughs> no. corner forward did come on um, and he won us a few... Um, we won us, he did? Uh, he did win us a few um, free kicks. Issa, won, Issa came on as well, so that was good to see. Yeah, it's nice to see. Um, he came yeah. on at front. Um, so yeah, we've made a few subs and we really professional um, for the rest of the match. We kind of just kind of just kind of took the, ticked the time down and yeah, we were very professional, kind of entered the game much more like last season we talked about that a lot didn't we and yeah it was it was great and on, on the final whistle it was just a real hearty I was you know fish clenching it felt felt big for us this season it felt like the start of a turnaround you know back-to-back league wins for the first time you know all those things you just said about stats at the start moving up the table starting to beat teams around us which hasn't happened too often all those things felt fantastic didn't they and, and really get you in that sort of forward viewpoint I think uh, it, it was an interesting one it's, it's, we've had these sort of wins before but it's just it's hopefully not a false dawn like yeah, the last yeah. lot have been you know we really have got to push on now yes I think that's fair enough Ollie. yeah if we if we win um, on Wednesday and then win in the league on, on Saturday we'll be on a bit of a run and yeah, fingers yeah, crossed that can happen that'd be amazing unbeatable Unbeatable, but it was it was great at the final whistle, wasn't it? In terms of that, I know that you went on the the Prince of Wales bus there and back, didn't you? And I'm sure that was so. I rocking. missed the end, Lynn, so much as you can tell me what happened. So um, to get on the Prince of Wales oh, bus right. to make sure I didn't want to I didn't want to miss it, so I kind of went down just to kind of make sure I got on it. So the, you'd seen enough. I hadn't seen enough. I just didn't want to have to walk all the way back to get my car. Oh. Um, so yes, yeah. So I got on the bus, um, and obviously I'll finish my kind of part. So for me, the bus was absolutely bouncing. So I was at the back with the naughty boys, Aid and Mike, and they were buzzing um, everyone was just chuffed and and that's it and i'll just tweet it out you know this is what football's all about just having going to the football match having fun chanting seeing some goals and everyone was just absolutely buzzing and everyone was positive yeah i took me little lad on saturday we'll read with me again he was he, he was really getting into it again like we went to lots of games last season but you know that was easy last season because we were winning most of the time and this season's been a bit more tricky but he wanted to come on Saturday and just a late winner 3-2 game he was so enthused and so excited about it and it was just it was great to see my lad like that again at the end of the game and just remind you how much we all love football but you know I think you missed it but it was that me and Tom could talk about this because you're obviously there Tom it was that the reaction of not just the crowd but the players at the end of the game the way they went to Danny it was almost Klopp-esque I thought he came on and he was sort of hugging every player they were sort of giving him sort 
sort of what looked like well-deserved hugs back. I got a video of it. Um, it's on Blue and Amber Fanzine Twitter account again, um, Ollie. And, and it just felt very, very different, the vibe, to what it was under Askey where clap gone. You know, there's, there's obviously a very different relationship with the players with Danny Coyne than there was under Askey. And, and to me, that was quite obvious, Tom. Oh, it was brilliant. It looked so good on the field. Was, they were all in it as a team Unit. yesterday. Yeah. It was it was good. And, of course, you've got the drama and all the people in the South Stand still you know, singing and drumming and cheering while they were doing this for a good five minutes afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those games, actually, where a lot of people did stay and, and a good yeah. clap. And it was it was very much a, a sort of, uh, I think, a, a good, if it was to have been a send-off for Danny Coyne to say, you know, we appreciate it didn't go right last time, but we appreciate you've stepped into the mark again. It's a tricky job and you've got the job done today and fair play, mate. Go and enjoy it. And the, and the best thing about it is you say you went back on the Prince of Wales coach, Charlie, but Danny Coyne was drinking in the Prince of Wales tonight with town fans. And it's that sort of connection. It's that sort of part of the football club that you never felt under Askey and Danny Coyne might not get the job but he knows she's with town fans he, you know you say Danny Coyne's one of us now he's been here long enough been here five years he, now exactly if he drinks in the Prince of Wales that's it that's the final mark of approval someone can stamp his official structure passport now he can stay forever and um, it's just great and it, and it does feel a little bit more like the unity that we're missing has come back and the next trick job is to bring someone in that carries this what we've got now on again and it doesn't be a false dawn like um, Tom said but yeah it was great yep. loved walking home so, loved getting home it was great yeah. all good so what was the difference for you in that game um, for me it was I think the team worked harder I think there was like I think every player kind of upped their game by about 20% um, mm-hmm. for me the, the big difference was um, yeah, running off the ball, um, but the pressing for me was key, um, and that contributed to, um, to one of the goals as well. And yeah, for me, the pressing and just the effort from the players just seemed to up, and they seemed to know what they were doing. Um, and um, yeah, everyone played, everyone performed well. I thought the attitude was good, and the confidence they had passing to each other, knowing that somebody's going to be on the end of a ball you know, when they weren't there originally. You know, it just all seemed to click yesterday. It was, you know, I mean, the atmosphere helped as well. When everybody's positive, of course, it's going to help and, mm. you know, pushes them on through the last 20 minutes where we've been struggling. But that's the other part about it is it's about time as well, is that for the first time in a long time, we didn't throw in a ropey half. You know, we were decent in the first half. We were good in the second half. You know, that's what you've got to do to win games at this level. You've got to avoid throwing in a poor half somewhere. And it was the consistency of play, I thought, that was impressive and, and a little thing that had sort of picked up. And yeah, it was lots of little factors, I think, had, had sort of made it what, what it was. I mean, you know, it wouldn't have been too unfortunate if we'd have drawn that game two-two. They were still in the game, Rochdale, a little bit here and there, or three-three even. But you know, we the, the positive thing was we saw that game out in the professional manner we talked about, it, and that's now that next step, isn't it? It's it's going taking a lot of the draws that we've been having and making sure you just find that last goal. Again, I don't want to belabor the point too much. But that's what we did a lot last season. We either drew games or won games, and the ones we won, we won close. Um, that's what Shrewsbury Town has to do as a football club. We're never going to go and blitz teams away every week. So yeah, it, it's nice to see that Coin brought a little bit back of the magic that he was a part of last season. I think. It was a very Hurst-esque performance for me, Ollie. Yep. Now, I don't know whether it was my lucky socks. I found these blue and amber socks <laughs> from... Um, no, no, tell <laughs> a lie. It, it, it was, was my socks, lucky Ollie, socks. Yeah, yeah. I found these blue and amber socks um, from Hobson Brewery, which are brilliant. So I don't know whether it was that or maybe the lucky hat glint, but I'll definitely maybe. be wearing the lucky yeah. socks. I'll get them through the wash for Wednesday. Um, let's see if we, how, many, how many games we can, I can wear those socks and maybe we can carry on winning. Mm. And Rochdale were an interesting team, Ollie, for me. You know, I think they're, they're probably... Better than their position lies as well. It's always the same with them, isn't it? They're, yeah, yeah. They, they're a team that played football the, the nice way, the right way. They they're very adaptable. Yeah. Um, I really like Williams in midfield for them. He seemed to have a good shot and was quite fast. Obviously, Henderson is is a class player for League One. Um, yes, we, we were talking about him last time we played um, and he, what an impact he had. Um, but they've got some good players. I think their left back was a bit poor. I think that's maybe two, something that two teams have in common. Um, not that I, I, <laughs> I rate Beckles highly as a central defender. Um, but he was quite a few times kind of got caught out and Steve um, who obviously didn't know he could question Beckles um, in terms of his performance saying is he a left back and I said no he's not and that's, he's still a centre back yeah he is he's, he's a good play player two whole seasons at left back though that's the problem yeah but he's just for me it's just not a natural left back obviously some of the goal we conceded against Sunderland um, and just his distribution and just kind of getting the ball and how he performs he's not a natural left back and I know I, I'm not criticising him I, he's a really good player um, but for me um, that's a, a not we were, we we're going to wait for January and we'll speak a bit closer but for me that's something we need to look yeah, at definitely definitely now, if we're talking about players and how well they played I think it's probably worth running through um, the man of the match awards that we all gave so yeah do you want to start Ollie so yeah for me um, for me um, man of the match was definitely Faye um, 
um, for me, he was fantastic. His running, um, his his willingness to kind of chase things down, um, and obviously to get his goal. So I went for him for, for first. Second was Oli Norburn. I thought he had a really good game. And third, I really struggled. There was a, a whole plethora of players that I thought played really well. I thought Waterfall had a really good game as well. He's starting to grow on me. He's, he's starting to wow. perform. Um, and but for me, I, I went for Sadler. Um, I imagine probably for I'm assuming he did quite a bit off 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 the pitch as well in terms of working and motivating the players. Um, but yeah. for me, he didn't make a mistake. So for me, he went. Who's my third? Good leadership. He he was definitely the senior centre back. I watched a few times when there were balls or throw-ins down on the byline, and he was constantly telling Waterfall yeah. what to do. Which is he, interesting when Waterfall's come as a captain from another club. Oh yeah, very vocal. I mean, you could hear him up in the stand. It was it was good to see. Yeah, he's a good captain, old Tad, and uh, should never have dropped him, old Asky. That might not have. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> for me, I, I'm a bit different, really, because I, I think that. Um, Tom, from looking at what he's written, has gone a little bit more on what you were on. But um, for me, I gave it Grant. You know, he he doesn't do the flashy stuff. And I think this is why I gave a go-go loads of man of the matches last season, is because he's just a boss in midfield. Like, he broke the play down and won the ball back so many times on Saturday. And and he was involved in in a lot of stuff that, you know, it starts from, from, from Grant. I just think he's a very imposing presence. I think that in terms of the midfield four that we've got, him and his experience is absolutely vital to the other three. But not only in the way that he probably helps them and coaches them through games and, and talks them through games, maybe. Also because he gives them such a platform to operate on. And as much as Norburn, Laurent, who well, probably Laurent was probably the weakest of the former fielders on Saturday, um, and Doherty played, I think that they don't have those good games without Grant. It just doesn't happen. So for me, I just think he's quite imperious at the moment. He's been playing well, even in the tricky, tricky patch, and that's why I gave him man of the match. But it's hard on Norburn because he scored two goals, which was fantastic. And I gave Faye third as well, um, purely because I just think he's got really quick feet um, and played really well. So yeah, pretty similar to you, but I, I just I think Grant is really showing his worth at the moment. What about you, Tom? Oh, well, I went Faye. I yep. mean, he was just everywhere. He was so quick. He was turning people. He was exciting to watch. That's what you want to go and see, really, isn't yep. it? Yeah. Uh, Norburn was good as my second choice. I mean, he scored twice. You can't argue with two <laughs> goals, can you? I mean, no. and I thought Emmanuel just running up and down the wing, and you know. His feet were everywhere. You know, he, he was exciting to watch. I, I completely agree with that, Ollie. I almost went for a manual in my top three as well, actually. Um, but it's, it was hard because obviously that that second and third place you could have given to quite a few people. But yeah. I think he's a he's really developing into a good player as well. Yeah, he's a good signing. Um, thank you, yeah. Ipswich, for that. <laughs> Thanks, Paul Hurst. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, so that was a top three, um, and as you could probably imagine um, the three-word match report went quite mad. Um, a lot of comments. I have nearly about a hundred comments on there, and pretty much all of them um, were positive. Good. So, yes, a couple of examples. So, um, yes, yes, we beat Rochdale. Grit and determination. Back in business. Valuable three points. Um, from Kenneth in Sweden, fighting spirit. Fighting like beavers, I thought was a funny one. Um, and Shrewsbury are back. And there's quite a few about how the season starts now. So that was fantastic. And it was just all positive, you know. Never gave up. Yeah, um, um, Mallet is innocent, which was a couple of those. Um, so, yeah, great comeback, boys. And Valley for money. It was just like, just like I'm just scrolling through them all now. So many positive ones. Um, and I think we'll, just, we'll end with Wendy Howard. Smiles on faces. Yes, exactly. It was, it was good, wasn't it? And those smiles were put on our faces by the man Danny Coyne. And, and we've said a lot of positive things about him and how delighted we were but it was nice to hear him at the end of the game yeah. what he had to say and he it was it was lovely to see a shoot town manager looking delighted yeah he was chuffed proper chuffed and there's a you could sense was a bit of bit of fun and a bit of kind of yeah a lot of happiness with the media team as well um and the other guys from the press so he said it was a bit of a roller coaster fantastic result backs up the win on tuesday the lads are excellent great shift different class um, the carrots at 2-1. At half time, we said, don't panic, and we bounce back and we create lots of chances. On Faye, he describes him as a natural goal scorer. Um, mm, and as yeah. you said, Glenn, he's got quick feet. I think you mentioned that a few times. <laughs> I did, yeah. I, I really think he has got quick feet. Yeah. That's right. um, and then, yeah, he always looks to score and makes run behind. And also, he was kind of keen to kind of point on Lauren, who who actually I tweeted out during at one point in the game, thought he was having quite a poor game. But I did as yeah, well. Yeah, but then when you actually watch and analyse the game back, um, he was really key in, in our attacking intent. So that was really key. He mentioned. He, apolo- he apologised on Twitter for his first half. Oh, yeah, okay. I think I saw that he, yeah. he said he was obviously disappointed in his first, first half performance, which is fair enough. On the lad and it's good that he's got that he's savvy enough to recognize when his performance level hasn't been where he wants it um but i think he did enough in the second half oh, to redeem yeah. himself that pass to Faye was brilliant so. that was really and yeah. how, how long is it since okay nolan was obviously a kind of a was amazing last season but it's been so long we've had the midfielders that can do through balls and i'm really impressed with this midfield we've got at the moment um T- talking on twitter actually what we were saying about um, um laurent there did you notice there was a lot more 
more interaction from the players over this weekend than there has been this season so far. And I was wondering whether that was a direct result of the fact that we actually won a game and it's easier to tweet and, and give your views and comments there than just keep saying every week, I'm sorry, we'll do better next week. Or maybe Askey had had a, a say on what they could or couldn't say on social media. Who knows? But it was great to see them that positive on, on Twitter and social media last night. Yeah, I imagine the players were chuffed and I imagine there's going to be a good atmosphere <laughs> um, in, the, yeah. in, in, in the training ground this week. Yeah. And he, what else did he have gone yeah. to? And he sort of talked about the pressing as well. Yeah, so we talked about everyone was pressing, which is positive. Obviously, we've, I've kind of um, used the, the penalty piece already. Yeah. Um, and yep. then, yeah, it's a, f- a great embrace for Oli Norburn. Apparently, that's the first time he's scored, scored two goals in a game. So that's great yeah, for okay. him. Um, he says it means everything to get the win. And then he ends with um, basically that the crowd is fantastic. Good. Oh, there you go. He got He's uh, doing all the smart did, stuff, isn't he? <laughs> he clapped the crowd. The other thing you missed, Ollie, is he went round and clapped all the crowd. He was the last man off the pitch, Ollie. So he's obviously picked up on things, hasn't he, for the, for the crowd oh, clapping. I don't believe he doesn't want a job. He wants that job. It's a basic, yeah, it isn't it? We were talking about this. Um, I was talking about this with Mike in the pub in the Prince of Wales before the game, and we were all just agreeing. It's just uh, you know you don't even have to th- you don't even have to agree. Paul Hurst might have done it, thinking these guys are a bunch of you know a bunch of idiots or something. But you just do it. You just play the game. Um, you don't you don't need the fans on your back. On a day by day basis, there are things in my job I do every day that I don't like doing. <laughs> But you do it because that's your job and you get paid for it and you have to do it to get to do the job the best you can. No one likes photocopying pages and pages of reports, but I have to do it. You know, it's part of my job sometimes. Uh, that's the, the fans and making boy. the fans. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when I do do some work. But the point is, clapping the fans, as much as people can dismiss it, it is something that makes your job easier as a football manager. So, you know, why dismiss such things? But yeah, it's interesting. I'll come back to what Tom just said there. He's sort of saying, I don't believe that Danny Coyne wouldn't want the job if it was offered him, which is interesting, isn't it? Because he would have quite a groundswell of opinion behind him, I think. I mean, I did a vote on Twitter last night again 300 400 town fans was a nice sort of sort of sample size and it was something like 60% of fans would probably like to see Danny Coyne have the job he's not I, I, again he said these things whether he would ever take it if it was offered him or we'd even offer I'm not him sure I, don't if, know, but, got the, I, don't, I don't know this I'm just asking it as genuine question has he even got the right qualifications to do it because you need the full pro know. license don't you I don't think it's uh, yeah, you can go and get it yeah. afterwards as well Yeah, but I, I don't see Danny Coyne he's, he's, from, the impression I got from watching um, about 35 minutes of him in the last today on his interviews and stuff I don't see that he's putting his name in the hat no no I don't either I'm just saying you know it's, it's interesting yeah. that fans do warm to people like that because you have things like this So and he's really smart he's got a great beard um, and he just he just um, <laughs> actually, I actually did have a question um, has there been any other town manager that has a beard yeah I saw that on Twitter I don't know the answer I was trying to think did Mike Jackson have a beard during those straggly days <laughs> he might have free? done because he just yeah, okay, he was sleeping in the bins at one point I think and uh, so it wasn't going that well for him I can't him. think of any town manager with a beard so that's another one if, it, if you can think of a town manager with a beard yeah do tweet us in tell yeah, us we're very wrong. hard to find stats on that <laughs> <laughs> we're a proper hipster club now if that's the case um, there we go but yeah there we go I think we'll just round, round off the game there it was, it was all great and um, predictions Ollie we both went for a 1-1 draw last week um, obviously we just had the Salford shambles so we weren't feeling particularly positive under Askey but yeah we were obviously way off on that one um, so it means I'm still 8 points ahead um, and as you said you have got your hand I have so got it so we've got two games this week one of which is an FA Cup replay that's been moved um, against Salford for, for TV coverage which is now on a Wednesday which I've asked numerous people who are my friends and family to come to the game with me and none of them want to come because it's on TV so I may well be going to that one on my own Ollie but I'm going to go to, to the cup replay and we should just I was really cover tempted, it to say but yeah um I'm tempted. I've been a bit cheeky. I sort of said to Bex, "Oh yeah, I might go to that." And then I've kind of said, "Now I'll spend it. I'll spend the evening with you." She doesn't know it's on TV, <laughs> um, but I might just watch it on TV as well. But and then I might try oh, and go, go to Wickham instead. Yeah, so I'm going to go to Wickham as well. I'm going to do both games this week. But um, yeah, we should just talk about the FA Cup, really, Tom. You know, we'd be expecting now with this new positivity to probably go there, and it's going to be a tough game still. But you think we should come out of that one with a win? You've, you've got to we'll battle through that now. They are they are two leagues below us, so you, we should have the quality to come through. Yeah, Salford's going to be interesting game, isn't it? They, they'll I imagine they'll they'll fancy themselves at home. Um, it'd be nice to win and obviously to be still in the FA Cup when we get our, our new manager uh, yeah, and obviously yeah. don't want to lose to, to a non-league team whoever they are um, so fingers crossed we can get the right result but for me Saturday is the most important it is just to go back to the cup though, we've drawn Scunthorpe at home in the next round haven't we if we get through so it's you know look there is a path there through to round three in a big cup game so you know it's not something to be sniffed at so that's that's fingers crossed they do the job at, at Salford but you're right the big game will be Wickham away um, obviously you, you we, we can't let Bryn Morris play um, which is going to be interesting so that might unsettle them a little bit but they're, they're not doing great either so I'm, I'm positive about this week I'm hoping we can go and get two wins Ollie I th- really really hope we can um, it would be fantastic mm. to yeah we'd have a proper have a proper run of results together then um, so that would be that would be good so what, what about you Tom you can start with the predictions what do you see 
I, I think we'll win the, the FA Cup, but I would take a draw at uh, Wickham. Mm. I, I think that after the week we've had, I think we've got three wins from the last four now yeah, in the league. Yeah. So I think a draw is not a bad result, in all fairness. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. And you know, all away games are tricky, especially with teams who are scrapping yeah. for their lives as it's starting to develop the season now. So, yeah, what are you saying then? One one, two two. Um, I, I'll, I'm going to go nil nil. Nil nil. I might have got to Wickham now, Ollie. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit more positive. I can see us going there and maybe showing a bit of grit like we did on Saturday and nicking nick a 2-1 win, Ollie. Yeah, OK. I'm, I was going to go for, two, uh, for a win as well. Um, OK. I'm going to go for a 2-0 win. Super? Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's nice to be predicting wins again. Yeah. It's, it's been a while, hasn't it? So, oh, there we go. Well, it's Wickham to look forward to, as I say, another another busy week. And so we could be back here next week talking about two games, Ollie, and potentially a new manager. So we might have to do a two-hour podcast next week. But, um, yeah, it's been good to catch up on everything this week, hasn't it? And put put a few things to bed. Yeah, no, definitely. And just a big thank you to Andrew Carter, who's sent us some um, some audio clips. So we've got a, a Danny coin chant, so we can start the pod with that, Glenn. So hopefully everyone enjoyed oh, brilliant. that. Thank you, um, And then, yeah, we'll, we'll end um, with, the, uh, with the celebration of the goal. For, um, for Faye as well so big thanks to Andrew Carter for sending this in and yeah we did get actually a, an audio from Rob who was a pro ASCII um, but unfortunately yes. um, with everything that it's happened that, that went so but yeah do send in your audio clips your views and your thoughts and we will share them yeah it's a bit unfortunate and you should apologise to Rob you took the time out to send something to us but it doesn't doesn't really flow now ASCII's gone um, but uh, yeah it, as I say it's good to good to give some other views as well and I suppose while we're on that topic we should thank Tom for joining us this week it's nice we've obviously had a sort of same sort of few fans coming on and doing it over the the last sort of two seasons it's nice to get new voices on and we're still looking for new voices so yeah i hope you've enjoyed it tom thanks for having me it's been it's great good. fun it's good yeah and we'll have you back on again at some point and um yeah i guess that I guess it'll be just the one podcast this week ollie unless the new manager signs which hopefully doesn't happen on tuesday <laughs> thursday or friday because doing another two podcasts in a week might kill me mate i yeah it was it was yeah two pods in 24 hours was quite intense <laughs> um but uh, yeah big thanks for tom for joining be great to hear your your thoughts so thanks for joining us and um yeah thanks to everyone for listening yeah catch you next week Sure, so I went for hay. Sorry, hay. <laughs> you went for some hay. Yeah, I went Are for some hay.